uh, we're going to kind of continue on around about way from where we left off that last week. Last week we talked about taking a stand and what that means for us as Christians and what we should take a stand on and about standing up for God, following God. And uh, we're going to uh, look at how people often portray us as both Christians, as a church in general, and uh, what that means. Let's start off with some prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for this opportunity to be able to get into your word today, Father. We ask you to, to lead, guide us, and direct us, Father, open our hearts and minds to receive it, to take myself out of the way, Father, and let your true message shine through. We ask this in the name of your Son, Jesus. Amen. So, um, we have all these, these terms we hear recently. Liberals, conservatives, you know, Democrats, Republicans, left-wing, right-wing. We have all these different things, all these different divisions and what all it means. And, you know, we've been talking about we, we take a side, we walk in the light, we walk in the dark. But what is God's side in this? Where would God fall amongst all these labels? And we'll look at that today. First of all, let's start off with... Um, Matthew 5 and verse 39. Matthew 5 and 39. But I say unto you that ye not resist not evil, but whoever shall smite thee on thy right cheek, turn them over also. And if any man sue thee at the law, take away thy cloak, let them have them cloak also. We uh, hear this thing about turning the other cheek. And oftentimes it gives an idea of what a Christian is or what they should be and how they should react. But you see, this is often taken out of context. And um, it's often used to, to take advantage of, to make us seem weak. How can we be weak when we put on the entire armor of God? Armor itself is a defense mechanism. It's to protect us. The word is called a sword. We have all these defense mechanisms. So how is it that we can be weak? We are not because we have the power of God. We've uh, heard the expression, well, that was a smack in the face. Like uh, if you've been working at your job and doing a very good job and everything is going well and you do your, give it all your 100% and it, everything you do is, is top notch and then one little mistake comes along and you get criticized and put down for it. And you might would say, well, that's a smack in the face. And that common day terminology revised from this. Jesus was not talking about a physical altercation. It was following up from his sermon on the mount and talking about all these different things of how we should be better than the law. And this is along the lines with that. He's talking about not giving in to anger. 
And that if something, somebody says something hurtful to us, we give that proverbial smack in the face. We are not to retaliate. We are not to come back with something else. We are not to respond. Because those type of things do not matter. We are not to resort to that lower level. We're not to seek revenge. We've talked about that in the past, how that is a, a downfall for us and why that is so important. But it doesn't mean that we are to be walked upon, that we are to be put down, that we are to not stand up for God. I heard a description the other day. And it said what the difference is between a liberal and a conservative. And it said that a liberal believes that every person is good. That the system that we live in is what the problem is. is what's messed up. And because of this system, this is what causes people to act the way they do. That if we can fix the system, then everything else will be corrected. A conservative believes that we have the right to make our own choices. That when we make choices, they are consequences, both good and bad. If we follow the rules, follow the law, do what we're supposed to do, we have good. If we decide to go against that, there is punishment. But we have to have the ability to think for ourselves. And I thought that was interesting. So then I thought about what does God think about all of this? And we look into God's word and it tells us. Let's start off in Ecclesiastes 7 and 20. and 20. For there is not a just man upon earth that doeth good and sinneth not. Alright, so let's flip on over to the New Testament. Romans 3 and 23. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. All have sinned. We want to believe that we are good. We like to think of ourselves as good people. And what we do is we try to categorize the actions of others. And we say that this is a major no-no. So the little things that we do are not as important. So we're, based on the actions of others, we are better. We don't want to be wrong. Anytime that something happens, what do we want to do? 
We want to find an excuse. We want to find a way. We want to take ourselves out of it. Well, that wasn't my fault. Someone else did it. I only did this because of this. You don't know what it's like to be me. We have all these different ways that we can justify our actions. Because we don't want to be wrong. We don't want to be bad. But we see that we are the product of sin. No, not any man. None of us. None of us is free of sin. We are all sinners. We are all bad by nature. Bad because we are born into a world of sin. Not the system. God gives us free will. He lets us choose. He lets us choose what we're going to do with our day. He lets us choose whether or not we are going to worship Him. He lets us choose whether or not we choose to take His Son Jesus as our personal Savior. He lets us choose whether we're going to spend our eternity in heaven or our eternity in hell. He lets us choose whether we're going to embrace His love or ignore it. He lets us choose. And with every choice, its consequences... If we choose to follow the world, if we choose to follow sin, if we choose to do what we want to do, whatever makes us feel good, whatever makes everyone else happy, whatever was politically correct, and ignore God's world, word, ignore God's anointing, ignore what God has given us, ignore God's love, ignore salvation, and all of these things, there is consequences. That is an eternity in hell. We have blessings upon blessings if we choose just to accept Him. God has given us it all. All we have to do is know how to access it, have faith, believe, and ask. And it's all written down right here in His Word. We can have it all. It can be all for us. That is our choice. God doesn't want to talk about how a system is wrong. And of course it is. I'm going to agree right there. Every system is broken because every time that man puts his own spin on things, he messes it up. Look at organized religion. Look at organized religion. We had all these Pharisees that was controlling the people to keep their power to keep their riches and they was not getting the truth. Jesus had to come and set the record straight. But yet they had such a hook into the people that they didn't believe. That Jesus was crucified anyway because they didn't believe. They went with what they knew, 
what was comfortable and ignored the change. And it's still an uphill battle. We have people each and every day that refuse to bow down, to refuse to have faith, to refuse to accept that love and accept Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. Because they don't believe that they need a Savior. They believe that all of these things that man creates can solve all the problems. We only have problems because we are not seeking God. God has all the answers. He has the beginning and the end. And He knows what it takes to get us from one point to the other. Everything that we have is because of Him. And we come up with all these brilliant discoveries and these advancements and medication and science and all these different things. Where do you think that comes from? It's from God. God puts these things in people. We have all of this ability. We see that the genius, the little bit that we have from Adam, we see how he was able to Name all the animals. The ability that took. He didn't have a pen and a paper. He wasn't writing it all down. He wasn't putting it into a supercomputer. He was doing it all in his head. I believe that during the fall that man lost so much of his ability because of sin coming into the world. So much is blocked. We, uh, we see these things. And people, people look at the, the church. They look at a pastor. And they automatically think, well, you must be a liberal person. A church must be a liberal church. Because they think that we're supposed to just bow down. And yes, we are about charity. Jesus teaches about charity. He teaches about giving. He teaches about loving. But he also teaches about how to utilize these things. And how these things come from the Lord. And how that is a sustainable resource. You can... Give someone a meal. You can give someone some money. And that's going to help them for a very short amount of time. But give them the, G the gift of Jesus Christ. And that is a gift that lasts for eternity. We can use it now. Being able to access the power of God. To help us through this life. And we have it in eternity. When we spend it there in heaven. We have people. We're going to be voting for our, our nation's leader. And we hear about all of the, the past things. You know, we hear about, about egos. We hear about all these different things that are our character flaws. But you know, we are all human. 
And there is no person that's going to be able to be perfect 100% of the time. We are all just doing the, the best that we can. We have to look at intentions. What are they trying to do? What have they accomplished? I'm sure that there's many things that you could pick me apart for. Oh, he's talking about politics. That's a no-no. We don't do that in church. I'm talking about the condition of the world. I'm talking about what God has given me to speak about today. I'm talking about what we need to know and how God fits into each and everything. How can any topic be off limits? Because God is involved in each and every bit of it. I heard a story the other day that people were learning about healing, about laying hands on, that praying as a group, coming together, and a person being healed. And they did just that. They didn't follow the, the rules of what the norm was for that church. And they came up, they came together, and they laid hands upon and they saw a healing in that person. They saw a healing in that person. And they were healed. But yet, someone came. And they said, well, we can't be doing that because we're not that kind of church. We can't limit ourselves for tradition. We can't say no to the power of God because it doesn't fit in the mold that man has created. We are about God and God's power, God's love. How can you experience a miracle and then want to put it down? Because it doesn't fit your feelings or your likes. We've seen some amazing things happen this year. We've seen some peace treaties of biblical proportion. Things that should have been in the works, should have been done a long time ago. But this year they have taken place. Things thought that were impossible. And we see that. Well, what we don't see is, we don't see the praise for it. We don't see the good job, the attaboy for that. All we do is, is seeing the tearing down. Because that's what's trendy. That's what's popular. Because we take the little things that we don't like and we magnify them. And we blow them up. And we ignore the grand things that are good. All of us have some point of responsibility. We might be a father. We might have a family. We might be in control of people at a job. We have responsibilities. And all we can do is, is the best of our ability to trust in God, to let Him lead us, and do the best we can. 
And there's going to be times that the human part of us comes out. And we're going to make mistakes. And we are going to do things that's not pleasing. And sometimes we have to make unpopular decisions. Back to Dr. Charity. When people are in need, they seek the church. Why? Because they believe that that's a place to find help. And I would love to be able to help each and every person. But the fact is, we work in circles. And we start with our tightest circle, our family, then our friends, our church body. And as we grow out from that circle, we have less and less resources to work with. So when strangers come, we can't just give to everyone that comes because the lines would be so long. There would be nothing else to give. There's only so much to work with. Churches are struggling these days because we don't have the participation. We don't have the people packing the seats. We don't have full offering plates because in today's world, in 2020, that's not a priority. And Satan's telling us that church is not important. That man's telling us that church is not important. And we got better things to do and to support. So churches are hurting. But yet they still are, are flocked to when there's a need. And you ask questions and you say, well, what about your home church? Well, I don't go to church. We know nothing about you. They talk about immigration. And yes, we live in the greatest country there is. We are highly favored and highly blessed because of where we are. Just by being born here, we have more advantages than a lot of places in the world. And we can see why people would want to come here. Why they'd want to start a new life. But let me ask you this. If someone, stranger, came to your door and wanted to come in, what would you say? If they wanted to come in and, and set up camp in one of your bedrooms, they wanted to watch your TV and use your Wi-Fi and eat your groceries, what would you say? You would say no. Because you do not know this person. You don't know what their intentions are. You don't know how they are. And you don't want to take the things that you have worked for and just let them be squandered by someone else. You build these things up for your family, your circle, your friends. But there is an alternative. You see, because if we meet a stranger one day, and we talk to that stranger, and over the course of time, we get to know that stranger, that stranger no longer is a stranger. They become a friend. Because we went through this process. And now that we 
We know this person. Now that they're a friend, we know what they're about. We know if we can trust them. We know what they're trying to accomplish in their lives. And we are a lot more likely to help a friend. You will invite a friend into your home. A friend can stay in your, in your spare bedroom. A friend can use your food, can you watch your TV, can use your Wi-Fi. But it's all because of that process. The groundwork is laid. And it's the same thing. People coming in our country. Our country is just a big house. It's a big extension of our little family. And we have a person that's in charge of that. And they have to make tough decisions. Because we do not know what these people's intentions are. What they want to do. And someone has to pay for all this. For this start. We have to use our resources wisely because there won't be enough to go around. They would be in such an influx. We'd be out of control. There has to be some kind of law and order. But yet, there is a process. There is a process. We're not saying, no, no one can ever come. No one ever can be part of this. Even church has a process. I would not let anyone walk in here on day one and come up and say, I want to be baptized. We would not, we would not turn on the water and do it right then because there's a process. Because it's my responsibility. I want to make sure that they are doing it for the right reasons. We're not about numbers. We're not about getting people wet. We're about changing lives. And it does no good for someone to walk in, say they want to be baptized, dump them in the tank, if they don't know why they're doing it, if their lives are not truly changed, if they're truly not walking that Roman road and giving their life over to Jesus Christ, it is all for nothing. It is all for show. It is nothing. If someone walks in on day one and say, hey, I want to join. I want to be part of your group. Whoa, whoa, hold on a second. You've only heard me one time. I am not that great. I am not that great of a speaker. You need to listen a few more times. Make sure. You need to know what our doctrine is. You need to know what we believe. And we need to know what you believe. Because are you wanting to be part of our group? Or are you wanting to expand yours? And we've seen that before. People come in and they don't want to be part of what's already established. They want to change what's established to be what they like. They want to change it to what they like. And I'm all about adapting and I'm all about growing and making changes as is beneficial as a whole, as a group, not because the needs of certain people. And I'm not saying not be accommodated. I'm not talking about special needs. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about opinion. I'm talking about 
preference. I'm talking about the things that only affect us, but not really affect us. We have to have a process. In our church, we don't take and put someone in a role. We don't put them in leadership. I was here for a long time. And then I started preaching. One time a month, a couple times a month. And this went on for months, a year. So people could see what it's about. It's a process. We don't just say, poof, you're a, a deacon. Poof, you're a trustee. We go through a process of seeing what the characters of these people are. If they're going to be a good fit. When you go for an interview, you fill out a resume. If your resume is good enough, you get an interview. You may have a follow-up interview. There is a process. We can't just unlock the doors and say, come on, everyone's welcome. There has to be a process. There has to be a process. We are all sinners. You know, and the thing about sin is we don't always even realize what we're doing. Sometimes we speak and we say things and we wind up hurting people and don't even realize that we're doing it. Sometimes we do things because we've been misinformed that we believe something to be fact and we're trying to get behind these things that we believe is fact and it turns out to be false. We get lied to by people, we get lied to by Satan, we get lied to by the world, and we get confused. And then we're human, so we don't want to back up and say, hey, I made a mistake. We all have past. We all have things in our character that are flawed. So we can't go by these things. There is no perfect person. There's no perfect spouse. There's no perfect child. There's no perfect relationship. There's no perfect leader. There's no perfect employee. We are all damaged by sin. So we're going to make mistakes. We're going to have a past. We're going to have things we're going to have to overcome. What we have to do is we have to look at intentions. We have to look at what we are doing. We have to look at our record. We have to look at where our stance is with God. 
We don't see everything, but God does. And God on the inside is always going to come out. And that's what we have to look at. Who is progressing God? Who is aligned with God? And who wants to put God first as the future carries on? Bow with me, please.